Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey folks, this is Jason Lewis, the producer of the From the Shadows podcast. I just want to remind you about our website, fromtheshadowspodcast.com. We have a Facebook page. We would appreciate it if you like and follow. Also, join our discussion group on Facebook called After the Shadows. We have a Twitter feed. Please follow us on Twitter. It can be found with at podcast underscore from. Follow us on Instagram at From the Shadows Podcast. We have a YouTube channel. Go to the search bar at YouTube and put From the Shadows Podcast and please subscribe to that channel. We are also on the Odyssey Radio Network and we can be found there at odyssey1.com. We're still on the traditional podcatchers that everybody loves to listen to us on. We get a lot of feedback, so please rate the podcast and communicate with uh, whether you're on Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or Google Podcasts. We're there, and we appreciate it when you leave comments for us. Well, that's all I have for you right now, folks. And thanks for being a part of the From the Shadows podcast family. So with that being said, let's get this episode started. Now I'm going to turn you over to your host, Shane Grove. Hey, welcome everybody to the From the Shadows podcast. I'm your host, Shane Grove, and joining me as always and i do mean as always because he's the only constant is jason the super producer how's it going today jason uh doing well greetings everybody <laughs> um so we're gonna get right into this episode because we've been pretty excited to have this gentleman on he's um he's a very accomplished uh tv producer and he produces some really cool shows we're gonna let him uh kind of talk about uh Mr. Tobin Long, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Shane. Very, very, thanks very much, and uh, thanks, Jason, for having me on. Yes, we're we're uh, we're glad glad to have you on because you uh, you have a really uh, you have a really cool job. Don't you know? Don't don't try to uh, sandbag it with us. You have a job that we all want. Yeah, we would love to have that job. (laughs) (laughs) No matter how bad you're going to try to make it sound, you have a job that we would all love to have. So, so Tobin, why don't you tell our listeners, like, um, what it is that you do, some of the shows that you help produce, and uh, we'll just go from there. Sure. Uh, Well, I guess the good good place to start would be – just to say that I, I'm an associate producer, but I'm also uh, an interview director for a couple different paranormal shows, and uh, I've been doing that for, for a couple of seasons now on some of these shows, and the, the first one I started working on was Haunted Hospitals, which is on Tra- Travel Channel, and uh, I helped on the development of that show from its initial uh, idea of the original concept and brought it into production and then after that we created a, a second show called paranormal 911 and most recently uh the show that's going to be airing on august 21st same day as this interview today uh, yeah we're doing yeah, yeah we're doing the interview today but we'll make sure that we we'll make sure we'll put a put a link on our, our facebook stuff to have everybody go check out the show tonight sure so so that they can yeah i know it's a little a little late to the game for me to get on board on, on tape but it's uh yeah it's paranormal night shift and it's that's tonight uh on travel channel as well so it's sort of a trilogy trifecta of paranormal fun nice yeah. is it better than uh, than the child's play movies trifecta or is it i i would say that the child's play movies uh have their own uh 
the, the, something to offer the fans for sure. They're a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think ours are a little more scary because they tend to be more, a little, little more realistic uh, because they come from real people. I love that politically correct producer answer. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to lie. The first Child's Play movie was, was fun, but also scary when I saw it when I was probably about 11 years old so <laughs> yeah yeah it's, we just did an interview with the guy uh and he was talking about robert the doll and uh which child's play is based on and robert the doll is an actual doll down in florida that's housed in a museum and that is a lot scarier than the actual child's play movie actually to consider that this doll's down there and all the crazy haunted stuff that uh that happens around it that is documented. So that's, you know, that's the real life stuff, which brings it back to what you guys are doing, investigating and putting out there the real life stories. That's to me, those are the things that are way more frightening than, uh, than a movie because it's real. Yeah, and it, it's it's amazing the the variety of stories we get, but also the sim- similarities make it interesting as well. Um, and some 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 stories are definitely scarier than others. Uh, some are actually truly frightening, um, and and some just leave you going, "What was really going on there?" And uh, and that's the greatest thing about it. There's always a mystery behind each and every one of these things. It's it's hard to really nail down a source for uh, the particular paranormal experience that our eyewitnesses have actually uh, experienced. Now, now, how did you, so how did you end up in this genre of television? Because, I mean, did you set out saying, this is, this is what I, this is the sort of stuff I wanted to do, or were you in other uh, sort of, you know, did you do comedy? Did you do um, other stuff? I mean, How'd you start out in television that kind of led you down this path? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, so I I have a bit of a, a natural history background, and I was so it means I keep an eye to science and an ear to science. And so I, I was hired on a show years and years ago called Time Warp, which was a uh, show where we took high-speed cameras to investigate phenomenon you normally don't see with the human eye. And uh, we, we sometimes it would just be something really simple, like what does an egg look like smashing on the floor if you drop it? To hey, what happens when you put lighters in a blender? And oh, jeez. So <laughs> I, I was a story producer on that, and we we had to use our science brain to figure out okay, what are we going to see, and how do we describe what's actually happening on camera when you see it? So what, what are the physics involved? Uh, what's the chemistry involved? Um, and so I, you know, just from having my brain into the science realm, I could help explain those things really simply uh, to our, our not only, you know, our cast and crew and our directors to figure out how they film it or what they're filming, but also just to the audience when it comes down to like, what are we seeing? And that helped inform the scripts by our writers once we filmed everything. Um, so I was really good at researching on, on, on different levels and did a couple other science shows and then I did what you would call a little bit of lifestyle programming so that's the type of stuff that you'd see on HGTV or cooking shows uh, you know, dabbled in that, dabbled in history and uh, so after, after some more history stuff the uh, company that I was working for they said hey you want to take a crack at doing some paranormal stuff um because they said, we know you're a skeptic, and that's useful. And I said, oh, that's, I don't disagree with that. And so we started digging into the phenomenon of, of people having paranormal experiences in hospitals. And I have a couple people in my family that work in the health industry, and they would always tell, tell me stories about odd things that would happen late at night in the hospital or in nursing homes. And, uh, so I understood where the subject matter was coming from. And the more I dug into it, the more I realized, and my colleagues realized that, wow, this really is a phenomenon specific to things like hospitals or long-term care facilities. And so we started thinking, well, why is that? And then we started talking to the people that had these stories, and that's what became haunted hospitals. 
So, so going going in as a skeptic, how long did it take you to start start believing that maybe some of the stuff that you were interviewing people about and doing stories on was was real? That's the interesting part. So I'm I'm still a skeptic. Um, I'm a very open minded skeptic, and so I don't I don't automatically say no, that's not real. Because I've had strange things happen to me in, you know, that I can't explain that I, I look at it from every angle. And I was like, was, was that just, you know, the light changing? Was it a car driving by a window late at night? You know, things like shadow figures and things like that. And uh, or just weird, uh, like presence in a, in a room where there shouldn't be anyone else in that room but you. And you start thinking like, wow, maybe there is something to these stories that these people have. And then the the more and more you start to see a pattern, because these people tell, when they tell their stories, you start to see patterns. And you say, okay, there's something going on. There's a big mystery here that we either don't have the technology to understand. So there's there's a bit of, you have to have a bit of a leap of faith to say, okay, these people, you know, they are being truthful. Something did happen to them. Um, because when you start to talk to them, you realize, yeah, they, they are being truthful. And some, something that they've experienced that just is an unexplained phenomenon. Uh, all you can really do, because you can't find an answer to say what it is, you can only really label it as paranormal. You know? so, so that that's the skeptic part of me. Am I a believer? I definitely believe someone when they tell me something's happened to them. And that's what I focus on. Because I'm still, I'm still looking for the answers myself. And I think in the future we'll learn more about paranormal phenomenon and we'll figure out better ways to um, understand it, to research it, to get more data on it. And the more and more we have, uh, the more answers we'll find about what's happening in, in that world of the unexplained. Yeah, because so for people that aren't familiar, like I think with the style of show that you guys are doing, it's not like you guys are going and doing an investigation you're just more recreating somebody's story. So it's not like you guys are going out there and trying to prove or disprove something. You're just retelling the story then of, that somebody's relating to you. Yeah. And what, what makes, you know, I think everyone has their own, you know, ghost story or ghost experience story. A lot of people do. It's, it's quite common. But what makes these particular eyewitnesses, because they work in healthcare and a lot of them are, nurses and doctors and lab technicians, they're, they're trained under scientific method. So deduction, rationality, you know, all lends itself to their understanding of the world. But then you throw something in at them that they just can't explain. You go, okay, well, what was that? You know, why, why are they experiencing this stuff? And they can't explain it. And some of these people, they're not spiritual at all. You know, we have, we have like actual practicing doctors that have had something odd happen to them and they don't have an explanation. And that, that's scary because they, they look at it from every potential, potential rational angle to figure it out. And, and what they're left with is just an, an answer that just is inexplicable. There's just no, no way for them to comprehend what happened either than just accepting the fact that it was paranormal. Yeah, and that's and that's interesting that the group of people that, especially in the haunted hospitals and the and the haunted nine one one. I mean, those are the those are people rooted in science. I mean, because if if that's medicine and 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 stuff like that is what you're going into, um, that's that's not very spirit. I mean, even though I guess you could argue that you know there is a spiritual side to it. But I mean, you're you're going to school to learn the black, you know, the science of how things work, and there's always an explanation. And this is, if this happens, this is why it happened, so to speak. And so it's interesting uh, to he to see people with that sort of belief system have their belief system kind of tweaked a little bit, <laughs> tweaked a little bit, trying to figure out what is uh, what is going on for sure. Yeah, and that's the beauty of the other show, Paranormal 911, is is you have, you know, uh, EMTs and other emergency first responder personnel who are, are trained in methodology, 
that is very logical. You know, step A becomes step B. If, if this is the problem, uh, how do we deal with it? Okay, then it's C. And you, even with a lot of the police officers that we interview, you know, they're trained in police sciences. Everything that they do is fact. If you've ever read a police report, it's a simple statement of facts. So these people are gathering evidence, which is data, and that's the way they see the world. But then all of a sudden, something happens to them that they can't explain. It really, you know, pushes them off kilter. A lot of them, and then they start looking for other explanations. And and maybe it is something that is spiritual in nature, or again, just something we can't explain, which is something that I always defer to as uh, paranormal. It, it's it's not our everyday common existence of, of, of rationale. So it's, it's left in its own category. Um, and I find that really fascinating, especially with first responders when they, they encounter these problems, because, uh, sorry, I shouldn't say problems, phenomenon, paranormal phenomenon, because unlike people that work at hospitals, there are people that work in hospitals, doctors and nurses, lab technicians, custodians, doesn't matter. They're in that environment for a very long time. So the longer than there, yeah, of course, the chances of them experiencing paranormal probably increases but to an ambulance driver or a police officer that's going to be dealing with something for maybe 15 minutes maybe an hour a couple hours tops for them to experience something that's paranormal when their brain is attuned to the now so dealing with the problem at hand is really extraordinary because that is is it's going outside of what they're actually experiencing or should be experiencing that they have in the past, the logic of their experience. Um, and that makes the paranormal in those situations really interesting. And we have to ask why do they experience it? These first responders and police officers in an emergency situation. Um, and, and some people say maybe they have a heightened sense of awareness uh, because the emotions that they're experiencing at the time. Uh, but again, they're, they're very logical and they, you know, if you talk to a police officer or uh, an EMT, their emotions aren't supposed to be involved whatsoever. And they're supposed to not tap into that side of their brain. But yet, when something paranormal happens, you know, all that's out of the window. Um, that's what I find about their stories really, really scary and fascinating is that they're experiencing it at a time when they shouldn't because uh, they have a heightened sense of awareness. But maybe that's what opens up their doors of perception to paranormal phenomena. Well, it does. Wow. It messes up their job a little bit, too. <laughs> they don't, like you said, they don't know how to process that. That goes against their training. A lot of time, that's why uh, you have to go see a um, a psychiatrist on a regular basis as a police officer. You know, all within the all within the department is so you can deal with those things that are outside of your scope of training to help keep you focused. So, yeah, yeah, there's definitely something like to that. it. Yes. Yeah, like we've had a couple of officers who witnessed some pretty horrific stuff uh, in the line of duty. And, you know, they they see it as like, that was a tragic event that I just saw. But then they think, well, what else is going on there? Like, it shouldn't have happened. And, and why did it happen? And, yeah, a lot of them, I think, have come out the other side changed and sometimes for the better sometimes for the worst um unfortunately but uh yeah it, it's it's still fascinating like those two you know shows and trying to to look at these things and to highlight them like these things happen to people that uh you know are trained in, in logic and in science yeah very intriguing you know? yes yeah so so do most of the cases that you guys are detailing in the show are they mostly of the supernatural sort of nature like it's a like we would call it a ghost or a spirit or are there some that deal with something that could be a flesh and flesh and blood like somebody has run into a cryptid sort of animal no we haven't haven't done cryptid uh at all everything's just been focused on things that's you know, uh, ghosts, uh, unexplained entities that may or may not be human. Um, so it's something of something in more the metaphysical sense of, of our world, like something beyond our understanding. I, I would like to get into cryptology and, and maybe uh, UFOlogy. Uh, that seems to be a different show. I, I know there's some crossovers 
you know, now in paranormal communities, I think that maybe sometimes ghosts or other non-human entities or interdimensional travelers uh, that are coming into our world, it, it's possible. I can't say it's impossible because uh, I just don't know. And, and there's some stories where I go, okay, we're not talking about a ghost here. We're talking about something else. Um, so what is it? But we, like I said, we don't really take down trying to explain what it is. Uh, we're just more looking at the experience of our eyewitnesses and having them report back and share their experience with our viewers. Well, the the reason I ask that is <clears throat> the reason I ask that is we're just we're just trying to find an angle to get the judge who couldn't join us today his own spot on a TV show since he had a cryptid experience. We thought, you know, hey, he's a judge. He's got a good standing in the community. And yet he saw a dog man. You know, how do we how do we build a TV show around that? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not going to say it's not from a lack of trying or there, there might be something that we've been developing that's in that realm. Uh, it's always on the board and we want to do it. And I think it's just a matter of finding the right angle on it. Well, I think Jason would agree if if the judge got on a TV show he'd never be able to get his robe on again. It wouldn't go over his head. No, so, it yeah. wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, so with your experience then doing these shows, what, what are some of the, what are some of the, the stories that really stand out to you that, you know, from meeting the person and then hearing the story that you're just got to sit back and say, man, something had to happen because this person seems so credible to me that I just, this has to be real. Yeah, there's, there's been a lot uh, that when I heard them, like, wow. Like, I, my immediate thought is, why does this person want to share their story? Because um, if you imagine, if you're a doctor or you're a very well-respected police officer, uh, coming forward and stepping in front of the camera and said, yeah, I saw a ghost and uh, it chased me and, you know, followed me home. Um, that doesn't sit well with probably your colleagues, you know? Why would you risk that? Why would you risk exposing yourself? So then you think, well, they're, they're doing this because they feel the need to, to get these experiences off their chest because they know they're not alone. And if you're a doctor, this is the best bedside approach to dealing with the problem by, by telling your patient, like, I broke my leg once, it really hurt. Well, in this case, it's not about breaking a leg. I saw something I can't explain. I saw an entity. I saw a shadow figure in my house and everywhere I went, it followed it. Um, it normalizes it, you know? And I think that's sort of the brilliance of this show. Shame um, of the police officer because. They're, they're like us, they're, except for they just, they have a different job and they might think the world will look differently, but then there's something that's been thrown at them that doesn't really compete well for them. Um, and, and we've so with haunted hospitals, you know, when a doctor comes and tells me that they have a story, I'm immediately listening. It's just, you're like, wow. Because um, for a doctor to step forward and say that a paranormal experience is quite rare. Um, police officers as well. They, they don't always come forward because uh, they're afraid of ridicule. But uh, I, th I think what's great about it, it makes me, or it should make people feel more comfortable to say, hey, they're just humans like us. They do get scared. They do experience things they can't explain. Uh, it's not a weakness. I think they're just being forthright and truthful about who they are and how they see the world. But you asked about specific stories, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Is there any that really, really uh, still make your skin crawl? Uh, haunted hospitals, yeah. There's, there's one where a doctor was followed home by some sort of negative entity, and it not only plagued him, but it plagued his wife and his children who was in their house. And it's really creepy because, you know, he would he would call it out to try to get rid of it. He would use uh, recordings of sermons to try to get rid of it, uh, to try to disperse it. And it took a really long time for him to get rid of whatever it was. And it's one of the few times where I don't like using the, the D word, the demon word. Uh, I don't like throwing it around because I know it gets thrown around a lot. 
that I'd be like, well, there's some some very negative entity that's following him for some reason. Um, but it eventually left him alone. It took over a year, but uh, he's pretty clear that that could have been a demon, might have been. Um, with paranormal nine one one, there's a lot of interesting situations where the police or firefighters have come in contact with some sort of paranormal entity. And on the surface, they seem to be maybe malevolent, but the reality is they might just be humans trapped between two worlds, just trying to get a message out. Sometimes that message is misconstrued. Um, I'm trying to think of a really good example of, of one there's a few. There's some. There's some stories we didn't chase because they were just too hard to, to recreate. Uh, we had one story in Paranormal 911 where a uh, police officer watched a, a preacher, uh, you know, trying to what he interpreted last rites to a child. Uh, and that was a really creepy story because nobody else saw the preacher when this police officer started asking around because there was a crowd that was gathering and this boy was injured on the side of the road. Nobody else had seen the preacher and that really upset him because he's like, well, no, I saw, I saw this preacher. But no, nobody could recall ever seeing a preacher at that scene. And, yet, and from what I have researched, I know sometimes that these non-human entities uh, could take on a human form so they can get close to humans. Uh, for whatever their, their cause, maybe they're feeding off their negative energy, whatever it is. Uh, there could be something sinister about them. That one was creepy, and because it, he saw this entity in, in more than one place at this particular accident scene, and I, I find that one really creepy. The, so, the creepiest thing. Oh yeah. Uh, that's that that is so. So the police officer. So the so is the, did the young person end up dying then? That the that the that the, was given the last rites or he thought were, were being given the last rites? No, and that's the beauty of it is that uh, he also got mad and, and yelled at this preacher, told him to get up, go away. And he, he did. He just sort of got up and left. And and so on the circuit, you think, oh, maybe it's the ghost of this nice preacher man like giving this child last rite. But the child ended up living. So then you think, well, was it this nice you know, ghost of preacher, oh, oh, oh. or was it something else? Mm-hmm. Um, and th- there was no d- d- definite face on this preacher. That was the thing. Like, he couldn't really recall his face all that well. Um, like, there was, something, there was something off about the way he looked. There was something off about the way the preacher walked. Uh, and that just makes it even creepier, because there is no explanation about what it, what it transpired, either that he had seen this preacher like that. And, and like I said, in more than one location at this accident scene. And even though he was only several feet away from, from you know, the boy uh, trying to hold the crowd back, this preacher just comes out of nowhere and starts saying something to the boy that was very barely audible. But it was the body language that suggested that maybe this preacher was giving last rites. But again, maybe that preacher was saying something else. Maybe it was some sort of incantation to get the boy's soul. We don't know. It's, but it's creepy. It's super, super creepy. Oh, that's really creepy. That that's really creepy from the fact that it wasn't just that he saw the person that he interacted with him. That he gave that he said something and the thing responded, and then he, you know, it's not like a fleeting shadow figure in the corner or whatever. You're watching something that looks like a real person, and that oh wow, yeah, yeah. You know. In, in, in... In his follow-up investigation of the accident, he was asking some of the witnesses, you know, hey, uh, you know, what did you see on that day? And as a side, he would say, you guys know who that preacher was? And nobody knew what he was talking about. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) And he called up uh, one of the the local clergymen at one of the churches and said, hey, you know, on this day, did you have one of your, you know, priests or preachers, was somebody out in the community? And they're like, no, 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 no one from our congregation. And they said, well, was there anyone visiting, like maybe, you know, from a different parish, whatever it was? And they're like, no, we, we have no one that came through, stopped by. And that just 
makes this mystery even larger. Uh, it made him even more, I, th- I think, more frustrated because he couldn't explain it. That's the thing. Like, he, he didn't know what he was dealing with. Um, and we don't know. And that's what's creepy. Like, we don't know why right. and what was going on there. Um, that one's creepy. Now, the latest thing that got us for our, our new show, um, Turn On the Night Shift, we had this really high caliber uh, restaurateur slash real estate agent come on the show. She's very respected, very intelligent in her community, um, quite quite known in some circles. And she came onto the show to tell us the, about an encounter that she had um, with an entity. And this happened over 20 years ago. She lives in a new city. And she came to us, to the studio for the interview. So she left her home city and then came back where we were filming, which is in Toronto, where she had her encounter 20 years ago. And she told me she was nervous. And I said, well, why are you nervous? And she's like, I haven't been back to Toronto uh, since uh, the incident. You know, it was shortly after the incident that I sold my, my business, which was a restaurant, and I never came back. And I said, why did you, why is that? She said, she, said, uh, she was afraid to come back. And she said she was afraid that she would have an encounter with the entity. And that gave me a bit of pause because you're like, okay, I, I can understand. You know, maybe you're hesitant. But as we were doing the interview, uh, we were really like into the interview. She stopped and she said, I, I just need a minute. Um, the the entity's here. Uh, and I had to, <laughs> to clarify. So, what do you mean the entity's here? She said, the entity's in the studio. And I've had other people say that. I've had people that are, you know, clairvoyants uh, and mediums say, you know, there's other people here in the room. They're all good. But this one really freaked me out because I could see fear welling up inside of her. And she started to shake. And at first I'm thinking, that no, I should just put this on. But you could just feel the whole vibe of the room change. And it got a little bit colder. And then I looked around at the, our crew. I could look at her. I could, you know, the camera guys beside me. The sound guy's just a couple of people from him. I look at our data person behind us. And they are watching intensely. They're looking at our interviewee. And their body language was also fear. And they're, everyone, you could just feel it change in the room. There, there was almost panic. And I really wanted to keep rolling tape. But part of me was fearful. And you got to remember, I'm a skeptic. Part of me is fearful about it. <laughs> if I continue to allow whatever was happening in the room to occur, if there was some sort of entity in that room that was very negative, and just from hearing her story, it is quite negative, uh, we could have been feeding it, and it could have been growing more powerful. So I, I stopped the interview, and I, uh, I put us on a, a break until we could calm down and clear whatever that negative energy was out of the room. Uh, and this is closer to the end of the interview, which is, which is good, because I think we all felt a little bit better that we didn't want to go in for another hour in the interview because we were actually afraid of what might have happened. And, uh, you know, normally I said I would keep the camera rolling, but that, that one freaked me out. It was, it was one that got to me. And even when I got home that night, I'm still thinking about it. And I, and you know, since then she hasn't been back to Toronto, that woman who did the interview. It's, uh, that one was fascinating. Yeah, very. Yeah, that one. That one so, would have. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> well, well, you also got to think is, okay. So this entity showed up here. So obviously, this entity <clears throat> was aware that she was back in town, and maybe this entity's like, you know what? I've been lonely. She's been out of town. Um, this Tobin guy, eh, he doesn't really believe in me. Maybe I can go have some fun with him. And follow him home, and uh, you know, see what I can see if I can scare him a little bit. I mean, that has to go through your mind, doesn't it? That I don't want this thing following me like it's following her. <laughs> yeah, and and I I look over my shoulder a lot when something odd happens in my house. You know, maybe something falls that shouldn't fall, like off a shelf, mm-hmm. or you know, just just those or those weird you know, sounds of someone walking across the floor when you're the only one home, you go, all right, maybe it's just the house settling or, you know, maybe I didn't put that, that, you know, 
box of tea on the counter just right and it fell off. I second guess everything. You know, I try to find logic in <laughs> what it is I just perceived. Um, but it, it's, yeah, these things weigh on me. Right? And the, the, the scariest thing I've ever experienced that I can't explain was when I was doing the show, uh, when, when I was doing Haunted Hospital. I had a, I have a, I had a newborn at the time. And uh, she woke up one night in the middle of the night and we were at my in-laws and, and the room that we were staying in was in their basement. And so I got up with the baby. I'm like, okay, I have to give you a bottle. Um, and we left the bedroom and went to, there's like a sitting room outside the, the bedroom in the basement. So we're sitting there and there was a weird vibe in the air. Like normally I get in the middle of the night with a cranky baby. It's fine, whatever. You're like, ah, baby's hungry. But it, there's just like this weird energy in the room that was really, you know, almost unsettling. And as I'm feeding the baby, the baby stops eating and then really quickly turns her head and starts looking up at the wall where it meets the ceiling opposite from us. And you could see her eyes looking at something and then she's tracking something with her eyes. And so, of course, I'm looking where she's looking. And we both watch the shadow uh, move across the top of the wall and the ceiling really quickly. And I'm like, no, I didn't see that. No, nothing. That, that didn't happen. And of course, the baby's <laughs> eyes are oh my her head. Like, like the baby's seeing it. I'm seeing it. Like, what is going on? And I'm thinking, you know, you know, from the shows that, that I work on, like, nah, nothing. That can't. That that can't happen. And but then it happened again. You know, but this whatever this shadow was moved in the opposite direction. I was like, okay, we're. We're seeing something here. So we shifted because the baby was getting scared. So we shifted to a different part of the room. We sat there for a little while. And uh, it that was freaky. And what made it freakier was at that time, unfortunately, my, my wife's grandmother was uh, terminally ill. And she was actually still in the house. And, and this is where it gets really creepy. The next morning... You know, of course, everyone's like, oh, how'd you sleep? Was the baby up? I'm like, yeah, of course. And uh, I said, yeah, it was, it was, it was an odd night because the baby saw like a shadow move that freaked her out. And my mother-in-law said, well, you know, uh, grandma has been seeing this man around the house outside waiting. And she says that she sees him in the yard because she was still mobile. So she would just sort of sit and stare out the window. And I was like, oh, really? That's that's creepy. Did she say what the man was doing? Uh, Cause she doesn't speak, she didn't speak English very well. And uh, she said, yeah, uh, he's waiting for, her. and she thinks that maybe it's, it's her husband. So my wife's grandfather I said, Oh, so he's just waiting out in the yard. Yeah. And I said, well, what else has she said or done recently? Of course, I'm really inquisitive at this point. <laughs> and uh, she said, well, you know, she's been going into her room and packing a bag. And then if you ask her what she's doing, she says, I'm getting ready to leave. My husband's here to pick me up. So when I heard that, I was like, okay, so someone, something's hanging out that I, you know, maybe, maybe it is my wife's grandfather coming to get his wife. You know, it's, I, I, I can't explain it, but it coincides with this weird shadow in the basement. Um, and on subsequent nights in that basement, when I'd be up with the baby, there's a hallway that I would try to rock her back, rock her back to sleep in my arms if she was uh, not sleeping well. There's certain rooms that if I passed them, which were closer to the grandmother's room, that had a very negative, dark vibe. Um, and maybe I'm misinterpreting that vibe, but I could feel something there. And that really freaked me out. Uh, and then unfortunately, you know, several weeks after that, uh, Grandmother, grandmother passed away, and all that negative energy, all those vibes, were gone. Those weird vibes I couldn't explain. And I never saw the shadows after that in the basement ever again. And neither did the baby, as far as I know. Um, that was freaky. <laughs> yeah, very much so. I guess, I guess so. And you're a skeptic. I mean, there's people. Oh man, I mean that's wow. 
I all I could think about when you, all I could think about when you were talking about that shadow is do you guys remember the scene in like Exorcist Two in the old folks' home where the old lady yes. crawls crawls behind the guy. He's standing there, and oh, yeah. she's she's on the ceiling, and she crawls by and like looks down and laughs at him. And yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that would have oh, been enough. Yeah. That would have that, that would have freaked me out too. But whatever it is, with the passing of um, the, with the passing of the grandmother, it all went away. It all went away. Oh my goodness. And I can't, I can't explain that. And part of me thinks, oh, it's just my subconscious from doing these shows, from hearing all these stories about shadow figures or visitors coming to people that are on the, you know, close to the, the threshold between life and death. There's that veil. Did something come through the veil? You know? Right. I, I don't know. Uh, I tried to rationalize it as much as I could, that shadow and, and the vibe and everything. And I, I, I can't explain it, but it definitely freaked me out. And, and so when people tell me, about their experiences, of course I'm going to listen because I'm, I'm still looking for the answers myself. You know, it's, I'm, I'm not going to automatically buy into it, but I'm, I'm definitely going to be listening and, and I'm definitely going to be looking for explanations. But when someone tells me that it, it freaked them out or it was something they can't explain, um, I, I agree with them because I, I can't explain it. And I know what it feels like either be scared or and sometimes it's not even scared it's sometimes it's just that feeling of having expl- no explanation and that's what's really haunting you don't understand what it is um, I'd like to know wow well, that, that's a great story that story should probably be on one of your shows do you think? <laughs> yeah definitely do, do, do you think I mean uh, that there's a show idea is all the crazy things that happens while you're making shows, you know, that's, that's a, wow. Wow. Yeah. I, I, it's, I, it's we've, we've had some strange things happen. Like we've had guests, they tell you their experience and it's a very negative experience. And then a week later, their, their house burns down, you know? And, and so they, oh, they choose not to go on the show because they see it as a bad omen. And I, I can't blame them, you know. I, so we've had we've actually had people that we were uh, had slated as guests on the show that, you know, because of strange events that happened in their lives, they decided not to do the show. Um, and I don't know, maybe it's because they were talking to us and whatever entity was in their lives uh, didn't like it, acted out, did something incredibly uh, over the top or... Uh, you know, or maybe it's just bad luck. I don't know. It's again, I, I can't explain it, but uh, things happen to people. Explain. Yeah. So my my advice to our listeners would be: if you run in the Tobin at a party, don't talk ghosts because you maybe you may <laughs> find your house burned down, your car <laughs> get in the no. car. You might you might open. <laughs> so there it is. You're not getting invited to any more parties. There you go. <laughs> oh man. Uh, well, Tobin, I, I I know you're um, super busy, so we'll wrap this up. But I want I want you to let let everybody know how, uh, what what shows they can look for, what channel, uh, what network they can find them, and if they really like the shows. What is the best way to support the shows so that you guys get to keep making the shows? Yeah, that that would be great if we could keep making the shows because we want to do more, obviously. So mm-hmm. um, the best best thing to do first is to you know find all three, find the trilogy. So the uh, haunted hospitals. Paranormal 911 and the new show Paranormal Night Shift all air on Travel Channel in the United States. In Canada, the shows air on T plus E. And in the United Kingdom, they were showing on Quest Red, but now they're going to be uh, on one of the Discovery shows, uh, channel shows, or Travel Escape UK. Don't quote me on that because uh, it all depends on the distributor. Um, but they uh, always sort of appear 
this time of year, late summer, we start airing the new seasons or uh, closer to Halloween. Um, and the other time they start to air as well. And I, I'm still trying to get a beat on when Haunted Hospital Season 3 airs. But I'm going to guess it's going to be first thing in the new year. Because we're filming it right now. Nice. Um, but the best way to support the shows when you're just curious or trying to find out more information about them, on Facebook there is a fan page that uh, some nice, awesome people created for us. Um, that uh, they always seem to know more about our shows than we do, uh, <laughs> or, or or what channel is going to air on. Because, like I said, sometimes our distributors sell the shows, and we don't get all that information. Um, but uh, there's the Paranormal Nine One One, Haunted Hospitals, uh, uh, fan fan page that they can join, uh, which they're they're sort of. There's a mixed mash of different pages that have all come to, together as one, but uh, the fans seem to really, really like them. Um, and so they all sort of hang out and they uh, they post stuff about the shows. We, we try to provide information on the shows or when we know stuff, or we try to provide uh, behind-the-scenes footage sometimes or stills so you get to see somehow how the shows are made. Uh, but that's, that's the best way to... to find information about the shows um, that would be my advice for anyone that's curious to check checking these things out okay all right it. great fan the actual the actual name of the page is fans of paranormal 911 haunted hospitals paranormal emergency and pns that's 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 one whole title that's one whole title. It's a mouthful, but it's, it's <laughs> four shows have been sort of merged to one fan page because um, I think it's it's the theme of the shows that makes them sort of jive together. Well, holy smokes! You can't get that on a T-shirt. What are these guys are limiting <laughs> limiting their 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 swag sales? There, I mean, come on! I mean, imagine that bumper it's, sticker and wrap around. To the it wrap the around car. a car. It'd be a car <laughs> wrap. <laughs> <laughs> it would be a car wrap, and, and it's amazing that fans created it, and and then they they're like, hey, check out this fan page we made for you guys, and then we started going on it and visiting it, and it's amazing the the things that people post and you know the reactions to some of the episodes that they have. Uh, Paranormal, I would say right now, Paranormal Night Shift is in the lead for some of the scariest uh, eyewitness encounters that we've had, um, and. I've, I've just seen a couple of cuts of the, some of the, the, the episodes I was going to be airing, and uh, they, they scare me, and I don't scare that easily. Um, so it's, it says something about that show. Definitely entertainment value, but there's also good takeaway because there's still a lot of, well, what was that? What actually happened there? Right. And uh, I think the more that people can, you know, understand that this happens to everyone from different walks of life, that I think the more it normalizes the, the world the paranormal. And uh, also helps people say, hey, let's look into this more. Let's do some more research so the paranormal investigators can get more legitimacy to what, what they do. And, you know, in the end, maybe we can answer some of these questions. Yes, exactly. Expand our understanding yeah. of our universe and beyond. So. Yeah. Well our, well, our hats are definitely off to uh, to you for doing the real work and, and, and getting these shows on the air because – a lot of people love these shows and I, it's understandable that people put together fan pages and stuff. So, uh, our hats all are off to you cause you do have a really cool job for yes, sure. Absolutely. So, so, and then we appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day and, and talking to us about the show, hoping all our fans, um, will then go out at the very least DVR the shows so that you can eventually watch them. <laughs> you know, uh, so so Tobin can keep keep his uh, his baby needs some new shoes. Absolutely, you heard. You heard. absolutely. <laughs> keep it going. Fans so. continue to show interest. We get answers, and uh, we can keep shows like this coming. And that's what we're all about here at the From the Shadows podcast. That's right. Well, that's right. Shane and Jason, I appreciate you. Uh having me on your, your podcast it's it's always good to talk to people and, and that's what i like about doing these shows i get to i get to meet people from different walks of life and they have their own they have their stories and that's what that's what i what really keeps me going because 
people are just fascinating. And they always have something fascinating to say. Yes. Everyone's got a story. Hey, look, in my in our books, you got one of the best stories that happened to you. So, I mean, yeah. that's, that's, that's fascinating. Yeah. That's a great story. I mean, I'm glad I wasn't sitting in the basement listening doing the doing the podcast like I do sometimes because I'd have been probably running out of the basement like hoping that I didn't see my own shadow. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> I, I'm just glad my in-laws basement doesn't have that weird creepy vibe anymore, I'll tell you that. Oh yeah, I bet that, that right there would have that would be kind of unnerving. That's for sure. <laughs> All right, Tillman, well, we'll let you get going, but thank you so much. And good luck on on the on the new show, and we'll uh, we'll put some links up there so people can uh, see what's happening, and uh, hopefully, you can get some new fans out of it. Yes, thank yeah, you, Tobin. I great. appreciate you coming area. on. Yep, yep. Thanks, guys. Yep, yep. Have a great day. We'll talk to you. We'll be in touch. Yep. Take yep. care. We'll talk to you soon. Yep. yep. Thank Bye-bye. you. Yep. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the From the Shadows podcast. Until next time, never shy away from the darkness or what may be lurking in the shadows. We are out. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.